what's good, New York? It's the Harvester Colin Atrophy, and this is Radio Harvester. What we talk about when we talk about pizza. This month, a conversation with uh, Street Eaters, the band from Oakland, uh, Megan and John. Good people, great people. I love them. I keep recording this intro, and I had it good, and I, I missed it. I missed the window where I, I was doing this thing naturally. I have like a bullet bullet point list of things I want to mention in the intro, and I, I'm missing all of them. It's just a list in my head. I didn't write it down. Uh, anyway, Megan and John, they're really nice. I like them. I feel good that I got to talk to them. They're my friends from the Bay. Now they're my friends from my radio show. And it's exciting, and I like them, and I think they have a lot of good stuff to say in the world. I said I like them, what, like four times now? It's clear, right? I like them. I feel conflicted about doing this radio show this month because of the ever-turning gears of state violence uh, screwing down on the people of Ferguson, Missouri. And here I am. I'm going to be on Twitter in like an hour tweeting about my radio show. Like, this, this does not feel right, but... If you need a break from the constant barrage of news for 20 minutes to think about other things and talk about people, listen to people talking about punk, uh, maybe this is it. And I hope that I can help in peace and solidarity to everyone out in the streets and stay safe, even though I know you're not listening to my dumb podcast. Um, Okay. Characterize like our uh, introduction, your introduction to like the early adulthood in this. Coming into punk. Yeah, as because I mean you've been doing I had it for a so really, long anyway. I had a really uh, kind of unique experience with coming into punk because uh, my sister, who's twelve years older than me, uh-huh. was like really involved in uh, Gilman and took me to Gilman like when she was in high school and stuff. Okay. And so then like. So you were if she was in high school, you were like. Five or six. Five or six, yeah. <laughs> because she was a free babysitter. And my, my parents sort of thought that if I was with her, she wasn't going to do anything bad. You know, I was kind of babysitting her and she was babysitting me. Right. And we got along anyway, so it all worked yeah. out, no matter how up that sounds. No, that makes tons of sense. But, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were, like, super close. And then uh, I ended up living with her when I was like 12, and that's when she was like, okay, you're gonna be in a band with me, you're gonna play bass. Too many guitarists in the world. Right. Guitarists are a dime a dozen. Drummers, I can't afford drums for you. It's too noisy, I live in a small apartment, because I was living with her in San Francisco, like in the Mission. Oh, cool. And uh, so I played bass, and we had our first show at Commotion, which was kind of like the Gilman of San Francisco. Okay. So you got into punk because your sister took you to Gilman when you were a little kid. How yeah. did you get into punk? A uh, bunch of different things that kind of added up. My cousin was like an awesome punk rock lady. Made me killer mixtapes. She was actually like so advanced though with stuff um, that she would make me these mixtapes that were uh, she did have stuff like Wire and Subway Sect and like really obscure but all surface stuff. Cows, all this kind of crazy shit, like heavy, weird, like early 80s post-punk and weirdo stuff that I fell in love with. I mean, I was like 14, 15. She has an excellent taste in music. She has an excellent taste in music. But these are, like, this is in, you know, like, the early 90s. Right. So, like, I couldn't 
find any of these bands. Right. So course. I just said, you know, like I ended up just like, but I just gravitated towards like punk because I knew they were all punk. So I, you know, Gilman was around. It was local, and there were local bands. I mean, like, Blacks was the best. Yeah. Got really into Blacks. Got obsessed with them because they were also equally noisy and crazy and amazing and like crazy like. Crazy fierce ladies in it, like queer, crazy queer politics and weirdo, weirdo stuff. It's still really like palpable sense of danger that was just great. Danger totally is so it. important. It is. It is important. It's like when you when we talk about safe spaces, they're very important, but there also has to be a certain kind of danger. Well, if you're looking for a safe space, you know it's not. Right. Wait, I'm confused. What do you mean? Uh, what, you know what danger is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What real danger is. There's, like, there's different types yeah. of danger. And like the danger in music when it comes to like being a... Like it's got to be dangerous to something. And ideally you want it to be dangerous to something that you would also like to be part of being dangerous towards. Dude, totally. You know, and I guess so, there's positive danger too. That's exactly... Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. There's like yeah. positive destruction kind of stuff. And Blast is genius at that kind of shit. I feel like it's a good counterpoint to like the... Kind of the... the Potential violence that was in the shows I was going through when I was a kid, where it was more like, I, I might get beat up for being a feminine. Right. Like I'm, sc- I'm scared, and I this fear is titillating. Right. And so I keep coming back, but I'm, I, I fear that I might face violent reprisal for not being masculine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But I kept doing it. Cause it was f- cool. Yeah. Well, and, and the danger that you wanna, and the danger that's like the thing that. I like the idea of embracing is that I like the idea of being part of or being around something where you're part of that, you have that effeminate identity, you have that personage that you are that is usually under attack in these more normative kind of circles by, right. you know, like the this oppressive forces. You make, you it's a danger that makes them feel threatened. That's the kind of danger that I like to see in shows, is the danger that's pushing back against that. Yeah, the, the that's person, what I like. That's the danger. That's that's the good danger. I agree. That's the shit that rules, and that's like I, I I crave those kind of dangerous shows. Like you were saying, Mission Records, that was a really important space for that. Gilman Kid Intermittent has intermittently been a really important space for that, um, and like a lot of different yeah. Like, and also just like different spaces that people would create for one moment for one show, you know, yeah. out of nowhere. It's like you know, it really depends on who shows up and who's there, you know, because right. like. My sister was part of, you know, the SF queer core scene during that time, and there were so many amazing lesbian bands that would, like, do these shows in random places, you know, and would completely take it over, and that space would be theirs, you know? It was just really cool, and, like... I geek out over that old queer core stuff. It's cool. That was great. Yeah. It was great. So it was good. a really amazing scene to grow up in and you know I was like 12 when I was going to those shows and all these people were like they all had their eyes on me and like keep you know like a village and it was really really cool you know and it was like every place my sister would take me I'd feel like I had family there yeah yeah absolutely that makes it makes so much sense and it was like also dangerous in that way we're talking about it It was beautifully assaultive you know like it was it was about confrontation Maybe in the bigger scheme of things, but like for me, I didn't see that. It was like no. that was just my world. Well, you, you were know? the target. Yeah. You know, you were part of the you were part of the protect yeah. protectorate. You know, which is awesome. That's like you were part of the unified front to push out. You know, I mean, that's like the I mean, that's beautiful. You know. I am beautiful in every single way. Yes, I am.
and then you become you just become friends. Like, yeah, exactly. That's just how it works. Exactly. It's like that's like a really too. mild kind of getting jumped in where you just have to stand there and just feel really weird for an afternoon. Super. And if you can make it through that, yep. if you can make it through just feeling you're like I want to be here so bad that I just don't even care that this kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And you come back, then it, then I don't know how many people I knew in my twenties where we realized we were at all the same like like boring ska shows at the wetlands or uh-huh. like the same street punk show at Tramps or whatever in high school and the same matinee at No Rio even and we just never spoke to each other like right. people that are the same age as me that I've been to dozens of shows with and we both only talk to our best friend teenagers yeah. teenagers 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 what it was in like uh, Omaha. Mm. We played with like a girls' rock camp graduate band, basically like this band called Manic Pixie Dream Girls. Oh just like awesome, like lady band that was just that had banned from every. Club and bar and space totally in Omaha. Eighty six from the town. Eighty six from the whole town, except for this one lady-owned art gallery we played. Where she's like, I don't give a book them, and they got banned because there was some like uh, really crappy Omaha, like uh, super, I guess, exploitative art show with a bunch of pinup kind of art on it, like cheesecake pinup stuff. Yeah. This is a story bar. that's like second, third, second, third hand. Though, so little telephone. Okay. Hopefully, little telephone. we're not getting yeah, things yeah. mixed up. Yeah, yeah. A little telephone with this. So, but. As the legend seems to be to me, they they basically wrote like you know something like patriarchy on like one of the you know on, on something in the bathroom like a really kind of exploitative image, and then other people started tagging around it, and then they got blamed for the whole bathroom getting trashed uh, trashed because Whoa. of that. So they got banned from a bunch of places, but they're they're super badass and we're super intense and awesome. You know they, what's up is that <laughs> these two male oogles that I know went into an art show in Soho. And like broke some of the art, and then stole a giant magnum bottle of champagne and just started drinking it in the gallery. Oh <laughs> and all the art people were like, "You are so authentic." Like, that's so wow, good. that's a New York. Yeah. <laughs> it was just. I mean, I was just like, "This is unbelievable. This is like the the Oogle lifestyle gone wild." But I feel like it's gendered a little bit, you know, because they're oh, yeah. like these Huck Finns. Yeah. Whereas Absolutely. like some teenage girls writing. Patriarchy. They need on to be punished. Be punished. Which is so much less pernicious yeah. than t- like literally walking into a gallery and smashing a sculpture on the ground. Right. Um, right. They need to be punished and eighty-six from everything. Yeah. Because you know we can't tolerate such behavior. No. Yeah. yeah it's not ladylike. Not ladylike. The box you've been waiting for. Hello, Daddy. Hello, Bob. Bob, Thank you, WFMU. Okay, listen, that's enough of me singing, right? Um, thank you to 
the god Vin Diesel for being in the world taking shower selfies while everything is in chaos. Um, thank you to the Street Eaters, obviously. Check them out at uh, streeteaters.com if you want to look their ish up. Um, listen, so I want to just touch back on the horrible, horrible state violence being enacted in Ferguson, and I want to just talk about this notion that John and Megan brought up in the radio show where they were talking about positive danger, creating a space that's dangerous towards male violence, a space that's dangerous towards patriarchy, that's dangerous towards, you know, oppression and racism. That's, um, that's a, a, a positive act and that's a revolutionary act. And I, I want to just, I doubt I have any listeners that are like, wow, 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 the looters, wow, wow, wow. But I really do. Uh, if if you are uh, a, like a, a diaper baby white person that uh, is concerned about property more than you're concerned about human life, I just want you to problematize that notion through the lens of positive danger, that it can be a good thing to be dangerous to, to the bad guys. And the cops and the government are the bad guys. So be dangerous to them. I am disgusted by how, how much energy... Uh, we spend as a culture protecting property and how little energy we spend protecting certain humans' lives. Uh, and I think it speaks to a broader spiritual sickness on the part of uh, our society. So, uh, uh, no cops, no creeps, peace in the pizzeria. I'm out. Oh, yeah, let's talk about the pizza for a second. You guys like yeah, the yeah, pizza? Oh, yeah. Really good pizza. Really Very good, good pizza. Very good pizza.